with uh, Helping Parents Heal, the organization. And just to discuss them briefly, the, the way we are a little bit different from other parental grief groups is that we openly uh, invite discussion of afterlife, afterlife evidence, communication, and all, all those sorts of things with our children. This is our family, and that's my lovely wife, Allison, there in the middle, and my son, Dylan, and of course, that's me over there on the left. So that's who I'll be talking about today. So just a, a quick background. Uh, like I said, we live in Katy, Texas. My wife, Allison, and I have been married for 32 years. Um, and just so you know a little bit about me, I was a geophysicist for almost 40 years. Started out on a seismic land crew, and uh, but most of my career has been with the offshore seismic data acquisition and processing. And for those who don't know, seismic data acquisition, we go out and acquire data and process that so that the oil companies can use that data to help them decide where to drill uh, out in the ocean. So the reason I threw that in was to let you know that I'm a right brain guy and I'm a very analytical person. And I really like uh, facts and evidence you know, to drive my uh, beliefs and my um, decisions. And so when Dylan passed, uh, all that kind of changed. And I realized that the way I had been for so many years needed to, to change as well. So Dylan, he was our only son and our son and only child. And he died from a heroin overdose while he was staying with us at home. Uh, on November 28th. That was the Monday after Thanksgiving that year. He had spent Thanksgiving here with us and, and with his uh, girlfriend. We had a great time. And um, one reason it was so good was that he had been struggling with addiction for more than five years. <clears throat> and, and so once he had gotten into heroin addiction, it was just a nightmare for about five years. And we you know, we just didn't feel like we could breathe. I mean, we were constantly worrying about getting a phone call and that sort of thing. So what happened there was uh, he went to his third rehab on June 10th, uh, 2016, and it took. And um, this time it took, and he stayed uh, sober for almost six months. So he did a single relapse that Monday after Thanksgiving, and because his body um, hadn't, had the poison in it for so long. Uh, he was back in shape. He was doing CrossFit, all that sort of thing. So uh, his body couldn't take it that one that once more. So when Dylan passed, that of course changed the trajectory of my life, as it has with all you guys too, I'm sure. And so the thing that I was, you know, initially focused on, and in fact I was obsessing about was, um, you know, where is Dylan? Is he okay? What sorts of things might he be experiencing? And that sort of thing. So I started a what I call a search for my own truth. And the way I did that as a, <clears throat> as a male was to what they call intellectualize, intellectualize my grief through research. So I just dove into books and videos and everything I could get my hands on first about grief itself. So I read a lot of uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross and, and that sort of thing about the stages of grief, etc. 
but uh, that got that got old pretty quick because it was a lot of repetition. So I went off into uh, into afterlife research, and afterlife research, I was looking at things like mediumship and uh, and uh, you know out of body experiences and near death experiences and uh, astral travel and and just everything I could get my hands on, and the thing that really amazed me were the similarities between all these different things. You know, as I read all these different authors and these different topics, there were so many similarities that I thought there's really got to be something to this. And uh, being a geophysicist, the fact that uh, a lot of it was science-based, like regarding vibrational changes, frequency levels, and that sort of thing, really got my interest. And uh, because I, I somewhat understood it, you know. The research uh, sort of helped us find our way to the Helping Parents Heal group first, and then we attended their first ever uh, conference in Scottsdale back in April 2018. And then um, I connected with uh, Elizabeth Boisson and began an affiliate, this affiliates group called Helping Fathers Heal. Um, so it's not only about father participation, but I think that um, if you have a mixed group, um, I think fathers tend to clam up and we isolate our thoughts and that sort of thing because we're pretty poor at uh, becoming vulnerable, allow, allowing ourselves to become vulnerable and, you know, opening up and that sort of thing. So in March 2017, um, I went online to book our first reading because I had done enough research to get interested in that. And I did a lot of research first on who it is that I wanted to go see. And once I decided that, I went on to this guy's website. And when I went to book the first reading, the first one available, believe it or not, was all the way out October 21st, which is Dylan's birthday. So if you can imagine going online to book a reading, and the first one available not only is your, is your son's birthday, which is months and months away, but see the calendar for October and every day was gray except October 21st. We actually had our first reading on July 1st because I found out that there was a way to get a priority, get on a priority list. So we managed to get that move forward to July 1st. I want to talk about a couple of things that happened during that first reading. Um, one thing was the watch. Um, Dylan, back around October, um, had come to us and, and specifically said he wanted this watch for Christmas. And so we ordered the watch. That was fine, you know. Well, the watch showed up the day after his service in the mail, and we'd forgotten all about it, so it was kind of a, a big letdown shocker, you know and that sort of thing. But during that first reading with this guy we had never met, knew nothing about us, he said, Dylan said to let you guys know he loves you, miss you, all that good stuff, but also to tell you that he's, uh, he's real sorry about the watch. Another, good, another big thing that happened was he told us to look out for uh, a big bird to show up soon. And I don't have a picture of it, but what happened there was, I mean, he said specifically those words, big bird. He's, you know, he said, those are the words he's using. It's not large bird or, or anything. It's big bird. And so, you know, we laughed and went, okay. And so one day my wife was coming out of the Y 
she was walking out with a friend who had a four-year-old daughter with her. And when they walked out of the building, the daughter looked up in the sky and said, look, mommy, look at the big bird. And when the three of them looked up, um, they saw a cloud formation that looked like a giant bird. On January 22nd, I was, you know, my, my, uh, my habit was to be driving to work every day and have a discussion with Dylan. Of course, it was one-way discussion, but, but I would give him a talk, give him an update on what's going on, and that's, that kind of stuff. And I kind of half-jokingly told him how cool it would be if he could give us some irrefutable evidence that he's still with us. And so the very next day, Allison had been to the gym, and then she was taking a shower, and she found this on the, uh, the shower tile. And so she brought it into me and said, what is this, you know? And it's an opal. It's a very small opal. And it was on the shower tile. Neither of us have ever owned an opal. Uh, and nobody else has ever been, you know, in our shower, except uh, we've got a maid that comes in to clean. We checked with her. She doesn't own an opal and had no clue. So that, that we took with us to the first ever uh, Help and Parent Heal conference. We talked to some mediums that we had talked to and, and had readings from, and we showed them this thing, the opal, and said, you know, what is this? And they said, it's called an opal. And then we said, well, what are we supposed to do with that? And they said, be grateful. Just be grateful. Because it took a lot of effort on Dylan's part, and he probably had some help to make that happen. And it was the very next day. I hadn't told Allison anything about that conversation either. And then on further research, we looked up the, the meaning of the opal. So not only was it Dylan's birthstone, but you can read there that it, that it also is a, is a stone of sympathy and compassion, pure thoughts and confidence. In December 2018, I was talking to Dylan in, the, in, the, in our truck up in Estes Park. I decided to stop and get a Diet Coke. I've got kind of a, a reputation as being a Diet Cocaholic, and Dylan used to always give me a hard time about it. So I pull into a convenience store to buy this Coke, and I walk up to the to the uh, the counter or whatever, and the display, and this is what this is what I walked up to. And you'll notice this was back when uh, on the back of all the bottles they would put names so that you'd buy you know your name or whatever. And the only bottle that was turned was the one that said Dad. None of the bottles on the top and bottom were turned except that one. And I took a picture of it. And I got to tell you guys, I have no reason to make any of this stuff up. This is all true. And, uh, you know, I would have no motivation at all in uh, trying to deceive anyone. So everything I talk about today really did, has happened and uh, is just amazing. And we're grateful for it. So what Allison has done, put together a, a Christmas tree up there in our place in Colorado. We call it the Dillon tree now. So we've put ornaments, you know, the whole tree is dedicated to Dillon and all the ornaments are things having to do with him. You know, his drumsticks and all sort of things. So as you can imagine, that bottle is one of the ornaments now. So that's a few examples and stuff and we can talk about some more but I wanted to show you guys, instead of just telling you about those things, I wanted you to actually see them. And so what I want to do now is just briefly go through, um, you know, some things that I've learned so far over the last three and a half years. You know, number one to me is that there are no rules to uh, 
to how we grieve. I mean, if somebody comes to you and says, oh, you should be moving on and all that, that's B, BS, you know. I mean, yeah, I just don't go for any of that anymore. Uh, what I've also learned is that people do not die. I know that now. And only their physical bodies, you know, leave. I believe that our person's, each person's consciousness now continues after and, and will never ex uh, cease to exist. I think we just move on and move on to a different place. So I think that anyone that passes, and, I, and this isn't just children, I think it's our parents and our siblings, and I think anyone who passes, regardless of how they passed, whether it was a, you know, a car wreck or drug overdose or medical or whatever reason, uh, I believe that they're all thriving and, and they're literally only a thought away from being with us at any time. I think that they can be in multiple places at one time. And uh, I think that if you, if you think about your, your child or your spouse or whoever's left, uh, I think they, they, they'll be with you uh, immediately. I think right now, I think Dylan's, you know, probably here with me today because of what I'm doing. Um, I've also learned that, that Dylan is no longer with us. His physical body's not with us, but you know, I can still maintain a really nice, unique, different, loving relationship with him. And, you know, one of the frustrations I had in the early days was, you know, being a, being a guy and a manager and all that, I wanted to control everything. And, um, you know, this happened and all of a sudden I had no control. And uh, so I've had to change the way I think and the way I feel about things and, and soften up and become a little vulnerable and open-minded about, about how things might really be, you know. I believe that all humans are spiritually connected. And this is, this is a big deal f for uh, Mike Edwards, I can tell you, because uh, I was always extremely judgmental and, um, and uh, you know, like I said, I wanted to be in control all the time. So what I've come to realize is that how, how we treat each other, how we treat another person, whether it be here or around the world or whatever, you know, a waiter at a table, whatever, is how we're actually treating a, a small part of ourselves because we are all connected and we are all from the same place. We're all from the, a part of the same source. Um, what I've also come to realize is that healing requires effort. You know, it does take effort. And, you know, I commend all of you guys for being here today because it took effort. And, um, and you recognize that. And I think, you know, hats off to you. I think it's fantastic. So it requires effort and it requires forward, move, forward movement and thinking. And what I, what I came to, the conclusion I came to was I was starting to feel like I was, you know, grief was becoming my comfort zone in that first year or two. And at some point, the light bulb came on, and I just said, man, that, I don't want that to be my comfort zone. And I've seen people, you know, in some of the grief sessions and that sort of thing that, you know, their child has been gone 15, 20, 30 years, and, and uh, it just seems like they're completely stuck. And so that's part of the reason I'm, I do what I do is because I want to help those people and I want to help all you guys. Um, but I refuse to allow grief to become my comfort zone. And if I ever start feeling that way, I've got to do something different. Here's, here's, a, here's probably the biggest thing uh, of all, and that is, you know, I don't have to understand something 
any longer for it to be a requirement for it to be true. And as a geophysicist and a manager, again, everything was based on numbers and formulas and, and processes and that sort of thing. So before I really bought into something, I had to, I had to see the evidence. I had to see the facts. I had to, it had to have a track record and, and all that sort of thing. Well, that doesn't, that's no longer true. So for me, to, for, for something to actually be true, you know, I don't have to completely understand it anymore. And to be honest, that's quite a load off my shoulders because now I can be open to everything as being a possibility. As I said, I think, you know, how we treat each other is how we treat a, a, part, a small part of ourselves. Um, the other thing, though, is if you think about the grand scheme of time, however many, you know, millions and billions of years, you know, everything's been around, you know, my lifetime, if it, whether it's 70, 80, 100, whatever, is a blink. It's just a blink. It's like a, a snap in the grand scheme, you know? And I'm going to be with Dylan again. I can promise you that. And, it, and you know, I'll be looking back going, man, I, you know, that lifetime seemed like forever, but it was nothing, you know? I think, you know, the other thing that I believe now is that we're all exactly where we're supposed to be at any point in time. And I actually believe that before Dylan passed. And I also believe that we're all learning what we're supposed to be learning. And uh, that's whether we like it or not. We've sort of been forced into this. And uh, I no longer sweat the small stuff because now it's all small stuff. And I didn't know that before. You know, before everything, for me, everything was big stuff. And I made everything out to be, you know, mountains instead of molehills, you know. But now it's all small stuff after what we've been through. And so as a result, I don't have any reason to fear death anymore, you know, because it's not as unknown to me now as it used to be. And I also don't have to fear what life is going to give me um, in the future because it's going to be what it's supposed to be. And accepting that for me, it was a game changer as well. I'm not in control of everything. And, um, it's okay for me to feel happy, you know. It's okay for us to feel happy and laugh again someday uh, and without, you know, feeling guilty about it. I remember one time I took um, my wife. My wife took our dog out in the first few days. Well, I don't know how long it had been. In fact, I think it had been weeks or months. And uh, she came back in crying. And I said, so, Allison, what's wrong? And she said that there were a few minutes while she took the dog outside that she looked at things and thought about something other than Dylan passing. And she came back in crying because she felt guilty about that. And I don't know if any of you guys have experienced that, but I have. I remember, you know, laughing at a joke my first time. Uh, I don't remember where it was in the timeline, but I felt really guilty about it. You know, it's like I didn't have a right to, to be happy again. So, uh, my personal keys for healing, I'll share those with you. It's constant vigilance to keep my mind open to anything being possible. And let me tell you, in the past, that wouldn't have been on my list, that's for sure. In fact, none of these things would have been on my list in the past. To practice humility on a daily basis, uh, let myself become vulnerable, and to serve others um, whenever I can. And what I try not to do now uh, like I used to do was isolate. I used to isolate 
I was real comfortable just being alone. And, uh, and I would never reach out and ask for help when I needed it. Never. And that's just part of, uh, you know, my upbringing, the way my dad was, he was a disciplinarian and, and, you know, very unemotional and all that stuff. Like, you know, I'm sure a lot of you guys have the same experience. So there's humility. There's also awareness. You know, I have developed an awareness of, of my thoughts and actions and decisions and, and uh, how they affect the people around me and not just me. So I try to keep my side of the, my little space around me, you know, that's all I can really control. I can't control what others think and what they do and all that sort of stuff, even though I try. And uh, I know that as long as I'm doing that, you know, my world's going to be okay. And, uh, and just keep it, you know, keeping myself aware of potential signs from Dylan and, uh, and events and things like that that are going around me. The other thing is patience. Uh, I've got to learn. I had to learn to be patient with myself, which, you know, all these things are ongoing. Uh, it's an ongoing project. I'm not there on any of these yet, but it's improving. Um, so being patient with myself and, uh, and other people. So now I get cut off in traffic and I, you know, call the guy an asshole maybe, but, but, but then I say, Oh, but I love you. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of weird, but anyway. Uh, patience with myself and others and uh, and with the process because I'm having to rewire my brain and my uh, you know I my thinking habits over the last 60 years and my belief system my core belief system um, you know I have to be open to change those you know in order to heal right because you know if you keep doing what you've been doing and all that like they say right the other thing is one other thing is acceptance this was really the game changer for me was, was learning how, you know, at some point I accepted that, you know, it is what it is and nothing's going to bring Dylan back, his physical self back. So my life trajectory has definitely changed. My path changed just like all you guys. And it's not going to be what I previously thought it was going to be. You know, I envisioned all these things happening, you know, him graduating from college and getting married and having babies and grandkids and all that stuff. Well, he was our only kid. So all that's out. And uh, so, but, you know, I fought that for a long time. I was trying to swim upstream, man. I was like beating my head against the walls and, uh, you know, I was going to do whatever it took for that not to be the case. But at some point, you know, logic kicked in and I went, you know what, you're going to have to figure out how to live with this, you know? And, uh, and hopefully someday I, I'll be able to even, be happy and find some more joy again in life. I mean, there's got to be a way. Well, number one, the fact that I had 24 years with my son was a huge blessing. A lot of people will never get to experience that. And he was a fantastic uh, son. And, you know, I will always love Dylan, you know, by my heart. Um, So instead of me sitting around and and, uh, sitting in what I call the, you know, the, the grief pit, um, you know, feeling sorry for myself about it. I've, I've tried to try to retrain my brain to, to shift my focus. Just a, a slight shift in thinking makes all the difference in my day. If I can replace, you know, um, a bad tape of what happened that day that he passed is something great that we experienced together in the past. It just, it changes everything. It changes my whole, my whole day. And it can for you too. Um, 
I'm also grateful that I'm experiencing personal and spiritual growth. Uh, whether I like it or not, you know, I'm changing as a person, man. I mean, it, I'm changing. There's nothing I can do about it. And uh, hopefully it's going the right direction. But, you know, when, we, when our life, when our life uh, paths change like this, you know, you're going to change as a person. And, uh, and for some, they don't. For, you know, for some, they get stuck. Uh, but for me personally, I'd like to continue to grow spiritually and, and as a better person uh, to contribute, you know, uh, to, to the world. Um, so I make time every day for, for deep thought. It might be five minutes. And it might be half an hour. It might be an hour. I mean, it's what you've got to work with. But, you know, if you make it a regular habit, if I'm, when I make it a regular habit for me, it, you know, it, it just helps me to stay grounded. So I want to do whatever I can do um, on a daily basis to honor Dylan. Um, the, uh, the Dylan Christmas tree was one thing. Uh, another idea that, that I'll share with you is that uh, Allison went into a, uh, into a grocery store one day and it was the day before we would have celebrated Dylan's birthday. And she asked if there were any cakes that had been ordered for uh, a kid's birthday to be picked up the next day. And they said, yeah, you know, we've got one here. And so she paid for it anonymously and just put a note in there saying that, um, you know, it was from a parent who had lost a child and this was in honor of our son. And so this year, um, I told her, man, I, I thought that was a fantastic idea. She did that on her own the first year. And this year we went to a number of places and did the same thing again. So that's about it, you know, as far as the, the formal talk and what I had to say about what I've learned over the last three and a half years. But, you know, what I can tell you is that I still think that life is worth living. Um, there was quite a period of time that I didn't believe that. Um, you know, Things do change over time, but it takes effort. Um, I do think it's still worth living and sharing with people, though. Uh, and by sharing, you know, you got to get vulnerable and, and humble. When I get down and glum, I go to my uh, inspirational photo uh, folder on my computer, and I just go through these, and, uh, you know, they kind of lift me up a little bit and make me realize, hey, man, there's, there's still cool stuff out there to experience. And when I see photos like this, I mean, it just, they, they grab me, you know, and, and just remind me that, that there's still a lot out there to live and to experience. And really at the bottom of it all, I mean, this is it. You know, it's all about love. And trust me, you know, for, you know, for 60 years, you wouldn't have heard me say that, especially to a bunch of guys. There's no effing way, man. And... You know, what I've really learned is that this is all about learning how to love each other and, and ourselves. You know, it really is. This whole life experience for me has come down to that. It, and, and love includes serving others. It includes uh, self-forgiveness. It includes a lot of things that I just never took the time to look at before because I was all wrapped up in my little daily uh, BS, you know. And all that stuff that was so important is no longer important.